Welcome to this episode of Planting Seeds. I'm Keith Jones, the preaching minister of the Calera Church of Christ, and I've prepared a short message from Scripture that's intended to be the planting of a seed that, if cultivated, will in time produce fruit in the lives of the listeners. Now, let's get started. And be gracious and give you peace. In this episode, we'll continue our study of the book of Ruth by looking at Ruth chapter 3. If you have a Bible with you, follow along while I read. Then Naomi, her mother in law, said to her, My daughter, should I not seek rest for you, that it may be well with you? Is not Boaz our relative, with whose young women you were? See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Wash, therefore, and anoint yourself, and put on your cloak, and go down to the threshing floor, but do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. But when he lies down, observe the place where he lies. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down, and he will tell you what to do. And she replied, All that you say, I will do. So she went down to the threshing floor and did just as her mother-in-law had commanded her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. Then she came softly and uncovered his feet and lay down. At midnight, the man was startled and turned over and behold, a woman lay at his feet. He said, who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant for you are a redeemer. And he said, may you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first and that you have not gone after young men, whether poor or rich. And now my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask for all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. And now it is true that I am a redeemer. Yet there is a redeemer nearer than I remain tonight. And in the morning, if he will redeem you, good, let him do it. But if he is not willing to redeem you, then as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until the morning. So she lay at his feet until morning, but arose before one could recognize another. And he said, let it not be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. And he said, bring the garment you are wearing and hold it out. So she held it and he measured out six measures of barley and put it on her. Then she went into the city, and when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, How did you fare, my daughter? Then she told her all that the man had done for her, saying, These six measures of barley he gave me for, he said to me, You should not go back empty-handed to your mother-in-law. She replied, Wait, my daughter, until you learn how the matter turns out. For the man will not rest, but he will settle the matter today. From the beginning of this story, Naomi has been concerned that Ruth have a husband. If you remember in the first chapter, Ruth was encouraged by Naomi to return to her mother's home so that she could find a husband. So in this chapter, Naomi is convinced that Ruth's best option may be Boaz. So she gives her instructions on how to find out if Boaz is interested in redeeming the property of Naomi which in this case seems to include Ruth herself and be willing to be her husband. Naomi tells Ruth to go down to the threshing floor, wait till Boaz settles down for the night, and once he's asleep, lay down at his feet. And she does just that. And as Boaz wakes up around midnight, he notices someone's there. 
And they have this interaction where Boaz asks her, basically, why are you here? And Ruth says, I want you to be my redeemer. To me, the significant point here is that Ruth acknowledges that she needs a redeemer. And Boaz says in verse 13, if no one else will, I will redeem you. And that's exactly the same thing that God says to his people Israel in Exodus chapter 6, verse 6. There, God speaking to Moses says, Say therefore to the sons of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burden of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from their bondage. I will also redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. Israel was in Egyptian captivity. They weren't going to be allowed to just walk away. The Egyptian Pharaoh felt like the Hebrew people owed his people something. And the only way they would be allowed to leave is if they were purchased, if they were bought back. And so God says, I will redeem you. Later in New Testament times, God says the same thing. He promises to redeem his people, and he promises to do that through Jesus. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, talking about Jesus, says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. The price that needed to be paid so that we could be forgiven or bought back from the sin that had us enslaved and and was keeping us away from God. That price was paid so that we could go back to God and have access to him. And it was paid by Jesus Christ. Later in the same letter, Ephesians chapter 4, this time verse 30, Paul writes, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Paul is making a point there that we shouldn't do anything to distress the Holy Spirit of God in us, because that is the very thing that is keeping us sealed for a day of redemption. We will be brought out of this world. We will have a home, a rest with God for eternity if we allow the Spirit to do its work in our lives in the day of redemption. And so I think one of the big lessons that we can learn from this chapter that carries over into the New Testament and speaks to all of us is that there is a need for a Redeemer. We all need someone to buy back the things that are lost, the things that are keeping us from having the full experience that God intends us to, the things that keep us from living a fully human life. Jesus came and paid the price so that those things could be taken away and we could live with God for eternity. In this story, Ruth and Naomi need that. It's not clear whether what Naomi wants redeemed is property that was lost when she and her husband went to Moab, or if it's strictly to find a husband for Ruth, or if it's some combination of the two. We know certainly by the end of the story that both happen. But what we do know is that nothing was going to happen. They were not going to have any standing in the community. They were not going to be free to live an untethered life if they did not have a redeemer. Naomi says in the very first verse to Ruth, "I, I really feel responsible to find rest for you. That word can also refer to a home, but certainly those ideas are carried on into the New Testament where Christians are promised a home with God and a place of rest with God when we allow Jesus to be our Redeemer. As Naomi looks for this security and rest for her and for Ruth, she knows that they will need a Redeemer for that. But it's interesting that they can't do this on their own. 
And they can't just sit by and wait until Boaz decides to take it on himself. What needs to happen is Ruth needs to respond to the presence of Boaz in her life. Naomi tells her to go and lay down at the feet of her Redeemer. There's much made of this in in different religious circles about, about whether or not there was a physical component to this story that is left unmentioned. But that doesn't seem to be the point here. What we see is a woman who makes herself vulnerable and totally surrenders to Boaz. Boaz will now be able to lead her and guide her and instruct her in how to make this redemption happen. Ruth was not totally passive in this. She had a response to make. And we certainly know in Scripture that a Redeemer is available to us, but we have a response. And in the same way as Ruth, we are asked to totally surrender to our Redeemer, to hear His instruction and do all that He says. Once Ruth has surrendered to her Redeemer, Boaz meets all of her needs and removes all of her fears. If you remember uh, what he says to her in verse 11, And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask, for all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. Boaz says, Don't be afraid. I'm going to take care of everything you need. That's exactly what Jesus tells us. When Jesus came and lived his life, what he wanted us to know more than anything is that because of his life, his ministry, his death, burial, and resurrection, we had nothing else to fear and all of our needs could be met. Not only could we expect to have what we need in this life, but we would be prepared to live eternity with God. A redeemer meets needs and removes fears. We need a Redeemer. There are things that we can't accomplish on our own. There are anxieties and fears that we have that cannot be removed apart from the power of God through Christ. We need a Redeemer. Boaz not only met Ruth's needs, he actually gave her more than she asked for. And Paul tells us that our Redeemer will do exactly the same thing. Returning again to Paul's letter to the Ephesians, this time in chapter 3, verse 20, he lets us know that God is able to do far more abundantly than we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. We're told that through Christ, we can have more than we ask or imagine. For Ruth, it was extra grain to take back to Naomi so that she wouldn't return empty-handed. For us, it may absolutely be our daily bread, but in so many circumstances, we see more than just those superficial needs that sustain our physical self. We see the things that sustain us emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, and shape us and mold us into the people that God wants us to be. A Redeemer will give us more than we ask for. But maybe the most significant part of this story to me is Ruth's reaction to all that happened. We're told in verse 16 that Ruth told Naomi all that the man had done for her. See, people that realize they need a Redeemer, that realize they have been redeemed, and realize how much that means to them, they share that story. They can't keep it to themselves. 
There are a lot of folks who claim to be following Christ, but they may not really realize that they've been redeemed or what that means or how significant it is because they're not telling the story. When we see Jesus's disciples in the first century coming to realize who Jesus is, when they experience his death, burial, and resurrection, and they interact with him afterwards, and they start to see the significance of what it means that Jesus came and redeemed them, they couldn't contain their excitement. They told the story and turned the world upside down. Jesus even commissioned them to do so. He told them to go into all the world and preach the gospel, making disciples of all nations and baptizing them and teaching them to follow the commandments that he had left them. They did that because they realized they had been redeemed and they had to tell the story. Have you been redeemed? If you know it, you'll tell the story. Thank you for listening. You can find more of these messages on our website, calirachurchofchrist.org, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. 